You are listening to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss our RC adventures. If you're new to park flying, then thanks for joining us. And if you're already a pro, then welcome back. Welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of the new RC flyer. Join your hosts, Michael and Jay, as they take flight at the park. Now on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast. I'm Michael, and with me, as always, is his good friend, Jay. <laughs> and it is a good friend. Welcome to the podcast tonight. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing pretty good, Mike, and I'm hearing something in the ear. Can you hear that? It's little chirping noises. Yeah. <laughs> I think spring is coming. Spring is right around the corner, actually. And it's amazing because, you know, where I just came from in Alaska, well, we just, you know, we'd still see a little bit of snow and ice out there. So uh, it's a great thing for me to see the trees are kind of budding and it's getting kind of warmish out. I'm ready to get out there and go flying. Yeah, I am too. And uh, actually, this episode is on spring cleaning. Spring cleaning? Yeah. You know, uh, during the wintertime, uh, not necessarily here in Arizona because I fly pretty much all year round, but I do have airplanes that kind of sit uh, for a long length of time. And I know uh, up in there, uh, Alaska, you had airplanes that sat for a while and all over the, you know, our audience is pretty much worldwide. So we know that there are times during the season where the airplanes don't uh, get exercised as much as they should. Yeah, that's true. And um it just makes me think of a couple of stories of uh, guys that just grab their plane, you know, get all excited because it's a beautiful spring day and run out to the field to go fly. And, gee, they might have forgot a thing or two. <laughs> well, you know, when you were up here for the Electric Festival, uh, that happened to us. I had a Sea Fury. It, yes. It, it uh, had been sitting for, uh, you know, quite some time. Mm-hmm. And we uh, threw it in the air, flew it around. First big thing was we couldn't remember Right. Uh, what type, what battery? What battery did it use? And I... That's I, kind of embarrassing for us, right? It was embarrassing. We're, we're supposed to be the expert. Well, but I mean, I, I have a lot of airplanes. I really do. True. Have you do. You do and have I, an, and, and I, I have, have a, a, I have a few too. So when we're both sitting there scratching our heads going, is that your plane or my plane? Right. I don't remember. Is that this battery or your battery? Uh, <laughs> it does not help any. And I have a lot of batteries too. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I have a big tub of batteries and... And some of them are large in the, you know, the six cell type, four cell types. This one took a four cell. It did. A 4,000 milliamp four cell. Uh, so when we finally figured that out, we threw it in there and went and flew it a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately for us, you know, once again, it had been sitting. The weather had kind of gotten cold. Well, not really cold here, but, you know, it cooled off. The, the weather got damp. You know, it rained some. Yep. And, and I think with these type of airplanes... Things start loosening up. They do. They do. Uh, in fact, I think at the festival, some I heard a, uh, a gentleman who was talking about nylon, and uh, he said that people who have nylon parts, one of the big problems that they, they have is that things loosen up and fall apart is because nylon um, absorbs water. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. And so if you take a plane that was in a place where it's very humid and you come to a place, say, like Arizona – and you go to fly your plane, that linkages start falling off the plane while you're flying because <laughs> the nylon dries out. Yeah, I, that's news to me. But in, in my particular case, it was just some screws that came loose. Yes, uh, on the motor mount. Yeah, and it was a it was a it, it's a foam plane, but right. the motor mount is wood. That's correct. It's a wood motor mount. It didn't have like a hard plastic insert, you know, like some planes like that do. And um, I think if you had a little bit of shrink, uh, sh- shrinkage. I can't even say the word, but shrinkage. <laughs> yeah, uh, it did shrink, or at least it, it let loose. It kind of dried out, I think, and it right. had the opposite. Uh, when we say shrinkage, you think of something that gets smaller. But in this particular case, it's the opposite, right? When it yeah. shrinks, it expands. So the wood actually pulled away from the screws. Uh, after about three or four flights, the screws pretty much just pulled out, and it caused me to lose my airplane over the, um, you know, four, three, three of the four screws being loose. Yeah. That was a tragedy. Cause that we just, the sad part about it, folks, just getting the plane retrimmed out and just getting it <laughs> just flying, just so sweet. And, you know, getting that CG just down right. And Mike was figuring out all the controls again and where all the switches went. And 
that was that's all bad. she wrote. It was all she wrote. <laughs> that was terrible. Well, it was a good lesson learned, and I think tonight uh, on our podcast, we we need to focus on some of the things that we can do. Uh, making a checklist at least to go over these airplanes that have been sitting. For I a don't while. need no stinking checklist. <laughs> and, and especially for our listeners all over the country that may have put their airplanes up uh, and not exercise them, like I said earlier, uh, as much as they should. You know, another thing that we ran into is that uh, our, we flew our wings when you were up here. Oh, yeah, that's right. And I had borrowed the ESCs from the particular wing uh, for another project. Right. And when you came back up, I think you were looking around, running around trying to find one, and you picked up one of them out of my box, stuck it in there. We went and flew. And unfortunately, my wing had a wrong setting in the ESC. Yes. So the brake, which is normally stops the prop, uh, it wasn't set on a hard setting. Mine was set on no brake. So the windmilling prop, yep. just kind of as, as I would go through the air, I'd you know put full power, go up, and then when I wanted to glide, the prop continued to turn. It did. And what do we find out? It eats battery life. <laughs> I didn't know that. Considerably. Yeah, it, it did. Uh, we flew the wings the same amount of time. They're, and they're identical wings. Everything's everything's identical. Uh, matter of fact, even the ESC Escape, was the same. Identical. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we flew the same battery, mm-hmm. exactly the same battery. Both were 100% charged. At the end of the five minutes or four and a half, whatever right. it was that we flew, uh, my battery was down at about 13%. And I was running about 30 to 40%. Right. So there was a, a pretty big draw uh, having your propeller windmill around. It, uh, that was that was pretty eye-opening. And, and fortunately for us, it wasn't something catastrophic, something very interesting to notice by not having that setting the same or you know configured the same like we normally would have it. Right. But once again, the wings had sat for some time. Yes. Uh, without components, and then now all of a sudden we were throwing components in, trying to get them to run for the for the electric festival when it came up. So once again, going back to what are the things that we can do? We, we've had airplanes that uh, have kind of sat around. Uh, it's time to dust them off, go out there. Uh, April showers bring May flowers, kind of thing, and uh, <laughs> so uh, I'm ready to <laughs> and I'm ready to go fly. So the first thing first, I think, is uh, going over the airplane and making sure all of the uh, hinges, the tapes. Uh, control horns, servos, none of those have popped loose or uh, become unglued, uh, that they are all still in good condition. If you give them a little tug, they're not going to fall apart, uh, that they're all adjusted the way that they need. Right. That they and need and I know for you in Arizona, uh, things tend to dry out. So, Very much so. You know, uh, CA may get super brittle or, like you said, for those hinges. For me, where where I was at, it was um, if you had like uh, blenderum on, mm-hmm. on on for hinge lines or things like that, the cold would affect it and make it un you know, wouldn't stick very well. And so after it, you know you stick it down, unstick it, it just would lose its stickiness. If that's a adjective or verb. So come spring, you go to fly it, and there goes you know <laughs> there goes your rudder. <laughs> there goes the control surface. <laughs> Whoops! <laughs> Makes so, for a very exciting it flight. Does. Actually, it does. It does. It's like flying real flight. <laughs> <laughs> the F key, right? That's right. The F, key. F key. Make things drop off the plane. <laughs> that is correct. Well, so as as the control services, tapes, servos, make sure that they have. I, I've had some that uh, were the servos that were uh, glued in have come loose, popped off. Yeah. Or yeah. or a lot of times what happens, you'll let's say you were flying, you know, in the fall and you had a hard landing or maybe a small mishap or something. And you go, oh, hey, that busted loose, or I have to re-glue that down, or should tighten that up, or let's just say it's just loose in the, in the socket, and you know you just have to tighten the screw down, and you forget about it and throw it back in the closet. And I think you and I are having this happen more often. That our fantastic memories that have served us so well, <laughs> razor sharp clarity, it's getting a little cloudy in there. It is getting a little cloudy. <laughs> Yeah, the older I get, the more I forget. Uh, what did I do to this thing? Yeah, I lay stuff down and can't remember it. Where did so I leave the car? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, or the keys. Anyway, I, I, I have a tendency to lose the keys. Um, yeah, that's correct. And uh, you know, a couple of the airplanes that I had uh, had the contact cement, or they had CA glue or hot glue. Actually, some mm-hmm. of them, one or two of them had hot glue in it, and uh, those glues had just kind of dried out and uh, and let loose and. By virtue of me just picking the airplane up, luckily for me, one or two of them showed that they were loose. They kind of fell out of the little hole, uh, and I was able to re-glue them. But it's it's very important to make sure that when you pull the airplane out, 
you go over all those items to make sure that they're in, in good condition uh, before you go fly. Right. Uh, another thing, too, is, you know, in the case of our um, our Sea Fury story again, we had a bigger battery, and, and I I have little CG markers. Do you use those? Uh, some I would say half my planes have them. Yeah, they, they come from, uh, I mean, I, I think I get them in Hobby King whenever I, you know, order stuff from there. I just throw a yeah. couple of those extra in. But they're red and black, mm-hmm. and uh, they show a little CG marker. Uh, and I put them on all my airplanes after when I initially build them. Some of them fall off. And yes. They've been sitting around, and now I can't remember where the CG was. Mm-hmm. i got to go back to my file and dig out the manual and uh, try to figure out where For, where for it. most standard planes, though, you know, hey, the CG is just generally on the spar or that one-third back on the wing. True. It, you know, generally is okay, but where it comes critical is we were just talking about our wings. That's true, too. It's super critical on the wings, uh, you know, to know where the CG is. It's not where you think it is right. on, on, on a wing. Um, certain planes, like your Sea Fury. It was about on the spar, but it liked to be. But you have to flip the plane over, you know, in order to measure it correctly. You have to and you have it. to have landing gear out. Yes. Yeah. You know, but if you don't remember that, and then you do the CG where you think the CG is going to be, you're going to be a little aft, I think. Right. Uh, you will be a little aft. Yeah. Yep. So yep. that's bad. Yeah, especially when you throw the gear down, and all yeah. of a sudden the airplane starts pitching and rolling. You don't know what's going on. I actually had two on my one on the top and one on the bottom right. of the Sea Fury. So. I could, you know, measure it out, move the battery where I needed to be, drop the gear, flip it over. Yeah, it seems to be, you know, right where it needs to be. And it flew and it flew great, you mm-hmm. know, with the CG where it is. What what I'm trying to say is that it's important to remember where the CG would be, what battery to use, you know, things like that when you're digging these airplanes out to go fly again. That's true. That kind of is a good story for that. I have a good friend who um I fly with. We did a lot of flying together. So much to the fact that he relied upon me a little too much to help him out with this plane. So he'd bring a plane out and then he'd look at me and go, hey, what battery goes in there? And I, you know, I used to just say, hey, it would be this battery or that battery. And then after a while, you know, my inventory started to grow and and we weren't flying together as much on those days that we would get together. He'd say, hey, what, you know, where's this battery go or what battery goes in this? And you know, where's the CG? And I'd look at him and I go, uh, I think it's that battery or is that, a, is that a two cell <laughs> or three cell? Or just I, give him a battery and say, try this one. <laughs> just try this one. Yeah, no. And so he'd kind of like look at me like, well, don't you know? And I go, well, it's not my plane. Right. Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't fly it. I, I don't, it's your plane. I, I can't remember my stuff and your stuff, <laughs> you know, not to say that we had a tip or anything over it, but finally he, he started keeping a book or a log. And sometimes he would like, uh, he'd get those little sticky notepads or whatever, and he would put on there what is, where CG should be, what battery went to the plane, and he'd put it inside the plane. Or he'd write it inside the plane. He would, he'd physically mark where That's the battery. That's a good idea to write it just inside. Where the battery would go, you know, a battery line, where the battery should go up to. And he would draw that in his plane, and he would say what battery it was and the type, and just have it in there permanently so he wouldn't have to think about it. So. Yeah, I've done that on several of my airplanes. I'll just make a line, especially yeah. if I fly with multiple batteries. If I fly with a 4,000 or a 5,000, you know, or a three-cell versus four-cell, mm-hmm. they are different weights. They are different lengths. They they affect the CG differently. And so I'll do that. I'll put a mark on one side that says, okay, this is where I need to be. The big biplane that I have, the Pitts S12, it, it actually has marks in there where if I want to fly it with a nose, a little bit nose-heavy on a six-cell, I put it here. If I want a little bit more tail-heavy and a little bit more... Sporty? Yeah, I guess you could say sporty. If I want a little bit more 3D-ish type uh, activity out of it, I move it just a little bit backwards. And uh, once again, it's still on a six-cell, but that gives me those two ranges. Right. That allows me to... No, and that's really smart. And like you said, it's in there. It's permanent. And you don't have to, It's it, not to say, once again, it's idiot-proof because they always come out with a better idiot, but it helps, you know, alleviate those problems of you having to remember or a secret spot you put it in or you right. wrote it on your hand. <laughs> you know, you just look in the plane and say, oh, there's the mark. It says what battery I'm supposed to use. And, you know, you're, you're fairly, you got a good chance that you're not going to mess things up. Now, I think the uh, E-Flight Cub, what's the big Cub that they had out? The Carbon Z Cub. Carbon Z, yeah. They, they made a battery tray, right, that yes. had numbers on it. Yes. That was a really good idea. Then you could just put your battery into the number and slide it in. 
fly it the way you wanted it to. You knew that it went on number 10 or number nine every single time. Yeah. Uh, another friend, he just colored, you know, he had, uh, he put like a marker or a colored sticker on his batteries and then he colored, you know, the numbers so that he knew when, when he put a certain colored battery in that it went to that number, you know, cause that number would be colored. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like a little, uh, like yeah, a, a, little, re- a yellow sticker and hit yeah. make a yellow line and those yeah. two went together. Right. So he just put on there, you. Hey, it goes, this tray goes to number three, you know, it goes to thing three and then, Oh, it's yellow. So I know it goes to the yellow batteries. Oh, that's kind of so, neat. That's a good idea. Yeah. It, the big thing of course is being consistent. And if you're going to mark all your stuff, you need to mark all your stuff. True. And just do it consistently throughout everything. And that's what we talk about a lot of things in our safety, you know, for our safety stuff and, and other things. It's just to be consistent all the time or setting up your radio. Be consistent all the time. Right. Yeah. Set your switches up the same way yeah, exactly. or the batteries the same way. I do that a lot. You know, almost all my batteries have the same connectors on them. Mm-hmm. My bigger batteries, they obviously have to have a bigger connector on them. So I, I run either EC5s or AS. 105s or whatever they are, but I know that that battery goes to this specific airplane because right. it only has that, that connector. That right. connector. So one of the things I noticed on your batteries, and you got me doing this too, speaking of being consistent, it was a neat little device. It's pretty inexpensive, and it just sticks on the end of the battery. Yeah. Uh, you want to tell the folks about that? Yeah, it's uh, you can once again you can get it from Hobby King. It's a battery indicator. Everybody thinks it's an on and off switch when they see it. They go, what is that? You turn your battery on and off? But it's just a little sticker, and it's a slider. It just slides yeah, red like or green. Red or green. What I do is when I put it on the charger, I'll do um, you know, charging three or four batteries. As soon as I plug it into the charger, I'll flip it over to green. Right. And when it finishes charging, I know I have a full charge battery. Right. And then when I put it put into it in the, the airplane. Plane. Before you put it in the airplane. Right as I put it in the airplane, I switch it to red. Right. And and I've started doing that, and it's it helps a lot. Yeah, I think you can get a pack of ten from Hobby King for three dollars or yeah. two dollars. It, it's worth it. It really is worth it. I don't know how many times I've gone out or you know been out and watched other guys go out and they put in a battery. They have a couple of batteries, and you lose track of which one's charged, which one isn't charged. You throw it in a plane. You take off like a bat out of hell, and you get up the altitude. <laughs> You're yeah. Like, Oh, dead sticking. <laughs> <laughs> Glider. Glider. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. I've seen a lot of guys do that. Now, now some guys, you know, the, some of the guys that I fly with at the park, they they have a, they bring their batteries and they have a LiPo bag. And they'll fly the battery, put it in the LiPo bag. So as soon as they get done with it, you know, they know that all their batteries are charged in the little box that they bring. Fly it, they'll stick it in the LiPo bag for charging. So it, it kind of does the same thing, and whatever yeah. your technique is, is, it's great. But be consistent. But yeah, just be consistent because I have a a bag. You've seen it. It's a two sided. It's a little green canvas bag that I carry out the batteries in. Usually, I'll do one side. Or when I first got it, I did charge batteries on one side, discharge batteries on the other side. And a couple times when I take three or four or five airplanes out there to the park, uh, I'd fly a couple, throw them in. One would fall into the other. The next <laughs> thing I know, I grab the battery back. And that's kind of why I went to those little indicators right. is because I would always pull up a battery and go, wait, what the heck? If you have a battery checker, it's good to check it before you put it in or, you know, at least check it when you get done. Uh, those little indicators, you don't have to use them, but I, I like them, especially on my larger batteries. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're tight space, if you need tight space, sometimes if you stick that on there, it kind of eats up. A little bit of the battery side, you know, it won't fit into a really tight spade if you have extra stuff sticking on your battery. But I usually stick it, you know, either between the leads or on one of the ends. Doesn't seem to bother anything. The other thing I do is I mark on my battery when when I purchased it. Okay. That, that way I know. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I've said in previous podcasts that I've had batteries from like 2010 or 2008. We actually, actually, uh, I think I saw one in my bag the other day. It was from 2008. I probably need to retire that one. Probably because <laughs> that reminds you, just remind me of once again, the uh, electric festival. Um, I was charging batteries for you, getting batteries ready. And I think, oh, yeah, I, I, think right. I went to recharge that battery and threw it in the bag. Yeah. I had no idea. Uh, yeah. That, it has that a... was one of your weak, weak batteries. And, and so, you know, threw it, I threw it in your bag and you just happened to catch and go, why did you charge this? And I, I look at you stupidly. I'm like, uh, cause we need charged batteries to fly. <laughs> No, it was great, and you did a good job when uh, when you were here. But 
Um, but yeah, if you mark them down, then you kind of know. I I have uh, another guy, Richard. I think he's at the park. He he actually marks down how many um, lights lights on the battery yeah, I have, itself. I have a few friends, uh, so he'll just mark down battery. Bat, you know, just take a sharpie and just put a line. Yeah, you know, I'm not that anal though. I'm, I, I'm not either, and I know some guys take a, a, a good care. They they have a little manual that they tell the internal yeah, resistance. I have, I have one good friend who uh, he he keeps a log. Mm-hmm. He can tell you every battery. every battery what he charged it what charge they took you know he can tell you everything about that battery you know but i'm just you know that's not my thing my friend no i hear you well if you do do that more power to you yeah no uh, absolutely I, I have nothing against them i know like it's I, actually probably better I, it's be- it is better but i i'm you know i'm not that th- i'm not that guy <laughs> well but you and i i think have have the problem that we we when we go fly we fly everything all i mean we we will fly multiple batteries oh yeah no in in one day yes so it's it's a little more difficult i think for me because i'm flying charging flying charging kind of thing and i i don't remember which battery i picked up and a lot of my batteries are the same you know i have 13 or uh 2200 milliamp batteries then Mm -hmm. three cell 2200 four cells and a lot of my airplanes use one or the other or both both you hear it uh so it just depends on which one i grab and you know, I go out there with two or three or four airplanes, fly them all at the same time, and, you know, spend an hour out there flying. Some guys will go in there and they fly one battery, one flight. That's, you know, okay. That, right. That they fly three three batteries. Right. And they just have three or four batteries. So Now, now that kind of brings me up to a good little segue. Um, speaking of batteries and, you know, flying all the time, a battery in particular is one that goes to a transmitter. And oh, once yes. again, I know I keep bringing up the Arizona uh, festival that we were at, but I do remember before the festival, we were flying quite a bit, went down to the park where, you know, since I was in town, we we're flying whenever we could. And we went out one day and <laughs> we're right in the middle of the flight. And I heard a sound. I, I don't hear that often. That's true. It was a beep, 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 beep. Or I don't, maybe it went something like this. Anyway, <laughs> I heard that sound and I turned my head and I go, what is that sound? And Mike goes, uh, I think it's, Low battery voltage, uh, low battery voltage on my transmitter. It's something I've never really heard. Just because you know, with the Spectrum radios and you know the large batteries they have in them, I've never really run mine down to right. to you know, not in the middle of a flight anyway. Right. And I was quite surprised that you had let yours got you know get down that low. I haven't done it very often, but uh, in that particular case, I did. So we were flying at the house. We were flying at the park. Uh, we were basically putting new airplanes together. I think at that time I I was putting my new glider together, so I had my transmitter on quite a bit, uh, programming as mm-hmm. well. So yeah, but I also think you hadn't been flying flying with the guys in a while. So your you know your radio had been sitting for a while too. It had been sitting for a little bit, uh, just uh, you know a couple weeks I think yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But um, I don't I don't know if that. If that would have caused it to run down, or, or just the fact no, that I'm, I had it, you on, know, the, kind of like my point is, is it that, wasn't on the chargers. Yeah, you're saying, you, yeah, you had not on the charger. You had it sitting. So once That's again, our, our for our for our listeners, you know, the winter's gone by. You put your radio up. You know, it was True. charged when you put it on there. <laughs> you just pick it up and, and just fly with it, and not thinking about it. You don't want to hear that sound when right. you're right in the middle of a flight. Yeah, especially. Uh, in this particular case, luckily for me, I was not flying. I was just about to go fly. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I wasn't really truly – right. I didn't have an airplane in the air. Uh, Spectrum's pretty good about it. They'll let you get the airplane back on the ground, but I'm not really sure about other brands. Uh, and you only have a certain amount of time to get it on the ground. And right. It will, and if it shuts off, then you have no It's kind of like the uh, you know the low light gas, you know, the gas light in, in your car. That it comes correct. on, people go, oh, I got a couple of blah, 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 blah. <laughs> they, You know, they tell you you're supposed to have like 10, yeah, 10 miles, 20 miles. 20 miles yeah. But there's no guarantee that, no. you know, when that comes on, you better pull over now and get yeah. some gas. Yeah. So that that's pretty important as well. Hey, that brings a uh, brings a good topic up. So I know we were talking about batteries and you know checking all those things, but an- another important thing is, believe it or not, are, are your other components like landing gear. Really? Yeah. We um, I, my uh, my Pitts S twelve that you got me. Uh, we went and flew it. I went and flew it in the park one time, and you know once again we talk about things getting loose. They've been sitting. You've flown it. I fly off of grass. Right. Uh, I had flown the Pitts S12 out in the park a couple of different times. A little big for the park, but, you know, I flew it out there anyway. Uh, this particular instance, I 
went out, put the battery in, started taxiing around. Wasn't really thinking about it. Took off. Boom. Something fell right off the airplane. Didn't know what it was. <laughs> but did, what, whatever it was. It or yeah, did, everybody did saw see, it. Okay. <laughs> everybody was like, hey, something just fell off your airplane. Ugh. And, of course, now I'm flying out. I'm, I'm, I'm flying. I'm in the air. I don't know what fell off the airplane. So nobody had a clue. Nobody saw what it was? Well, nobody knew. Everybody saw something fall, but nobody knew what it was. Right. So you got the something. Right. Something fell off. And now I'm, like, you know, <laughs> trying to figure out, okay. Is it flying straight? Exactly. Right. <laughs> Should I wiggle this? <laughs> I'm not really sure what that was, but. Do a loop. Uh, <laughs> do a loop. <laughs> exactly. Why aren't you doing tricks, Mike? Well, so I, you know, I basically came by, uh, I flew it slow and in front of me and I realized it was the tail wheel and the tail wheel had come off because the screw had kind of come loose because I'm taxiing around on grass. You know, once again, it's just a little grub screw and the grub screw had come off. Well, luckily everybody saw where the, this, you know, tail wheel fell off. Uh, but at the same time, you know, now I'm up there all of a sudden realizing I got to land this thing and it doesn't have a tail wheel. So, you know, I went ahead and flew around. I don't know why, because it's not like, you know, I had to run out of gas or anything, right. you know. Right. <laughs> what is it, a gasser? <laughs> but I thought, I'm in the air. I know it was just a tailwheel now, so the airplane's flying fine. Uh, maybe if I can lighten the battery from the juice <laughs> in the battery. I don't know. You lighten the battery. <laughs> well, you're flying. Right. Gotta burn the battery up. I flew it around for a little bit, and the battery started getting low, so I decided to come and land. So I, I turned into the wind, came down, sure enough, touched down. Uh, as soon as the tailwheel hit, of course, obviously, there's no tailwheel in the grass. Uh, it kind of grabbed and tipped up on one of the wings and actually just kind of tipped up on his nose. Oh, okay. It didn't really do any damage. Um, it wasn't like an arrestor hook. The motor, uh, <laughs> the motor went skipping all, across. Almost. I, I was worried about that, though, okay. because, it, you know, the tailwheel had actually come off. Didn't your L39 wing. do that? You came down. You had too heavy of a battery. You were still trying to figure out the battery. It you did. landed. It caught the, the infamous sprinklers that yes. plague you out there. And the whole nose cone tore off and went skipping. Well, it wasn't it wasn't the sprinklers. It was the uh, the skids that I oh, had Oh, the there. skids. Yeah, okay. I have little plastic skids on there. And, yes, you are correct. Totally different story. I'll, okay, I'll tell sorry. you that one. But, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, the, the Pitts S-12 landed. It kind of went up on its nose. I was really worried about it. But, anyway, we found the tail wheel, and we, we realized that it was a grub screw that had come out. So, uh, once again, it was just because it was sitting or, you know, for a while I didn't check it. I should have gone through and checked uh, all my control services, all the little grub screws, uh, make sure that the, um, you know, servo horns are all. Do, where do they you need put to be. Loctite on, on your grub screws? I or? do. Uh, okay. I do. Um, but, you know, here in Arizona, it was, I do have, I mean, that one's large enough that it has to kind of sit in the garage. It is balsa wood, so I'm not mm -hmm. really too worried about it. Uh, so I'm not saying that the grub screw came out because it got hot in the garage, but I'm not saying that it didn't. Right. No, I, right. I, I, I honestly don't know if it did or not because. I use blue Loctite, not red. No, I don't. Yeah, that'd be bad. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to melt my airplane trying to get the screw out. But I do use blue Loctite, and I do know that if it gets a little warm, that sometimes it can loosen it up. Release, you know, yeah. It will release. I mean, your garage is only 110 during the summer, right? Something like that. Yeah, something like that. You can bake bread out there, I think. But um, Crazy. <laughs> usually, I bring the airplanes in mm -hmm. uh, at that particular time, that you know, a year or so ago, and after you got that, it was big enough that it had to sit out there for the right. moment. But I, I did have it in the house most of the time, but it did. We had some guests that came in and we right. had, I had to move. Well, I could see it. Out there. I could see that. Yeah. The, the larger airplanes, my, my cub sits in here most of the time. It's a 80 some odd inch and I keep the wings on it. So it's, Constantly being moved around the house. <laughs> it usually sits in my spare bedroom, it but when we have, it we, yeah, that's right. The, when the we morning. have, uh, you know, guests, it has to come into the office or out in the garage. So once again, check your screws, check your landing gear. Uh, I can't think of how many times I've actually seen guys that, you know, took off and the landing gear rolled, you know, the main wheel rolled right. over because the grub screw had loosened up. You know, I've seen control horns come out because they were glued in. Uh, especially some of the the plastic ones that just push in. Oh, and they snap together like yeah. You know, kind so, or they either push in and you put CA glue on them. Right. They don't. Most of mine, the ones that I use, actually screw in. So mm -hmm. they'll have three screws. Uh, I tighten all the screws down, and they're into plastic, so they usually don't. Yeah, they don't, out. those usually don't. They're they're pretty good. But I do have some airplanes that have some push in type, mm -hmm. uh, and those actually will become. Or or if they're on my foam airplanes, usually sometimes they'll just be glued on. And I have gone all the way out to the field, and as I went to start taxiing, I realized that one of the one of the control horns had come loose. And, right. You know, luckily I carried glue in my bag, and 
I just re-glued it and was off and running. But as, as we dig these airplanes out for the springtime, I think it's very important that we go over them, uh, make sure all your screws are, are tight, your you know servo horns are tight, the wheels are tight, the, the prop, that's another one. The prop is, uh, all my props are wood, mm-hmm. and they expand and contract as well. They, they don't do it a lot because they're clear-coated, uh, but they could, you know, if you had a raw, yep. um, you know, wood prop or if you had one that didn't have the coating on it uh you you could have a loose that's just something good to not just wood props but all props it's just to double check them because you might have taken the prop off to do something and then put it back on and didn't tighten it and then you i'm going to tighten it and you put it in the closet and forgot about it that's true very very so uh another one is uh the motors actually have bearings in them Mm -hmm. you know and the bearings usually have a little bit of oil um it's always good to um you know, put a little drop of sewing machine oil or whatever type in, in the bearing and get it all kind of lubed up. Especially if it's been sitting like here out in the garage, it, it gets a little dry. Or the opposite up in your neck, or I guess I, I keep referring to it at your neck of the woods, but if you were back in Alaska, I think, you know, it gets cold. It's just yes. the opposite. So now you have uh, oils that may be freezing or, or parts that may be getting cold, and you have just the, the opposite. They shrink or they expand mm-hmm. uh, with the moisture. Yeah, like you said, it's just one of those things to go over all your equipment, check it all out, and just, you know, give it the once-over, a quick spin, listen to it, hear if there's anything gritty. You know, sometimes you might need to blow up that, you know, you had a rough landing, you got a bunch of dirt in there, especially out here. You land, you get some dirt in the motor, go through it, blow it out, tighten your screws. Like you said, go over, add some Loctite, unloosen them, put some new Loctite on it, whatever. It's just to go over your whole kit. The other thing I'd say is... Get your radio out. And since we were just talking about the radios, you know, make sure it's charged. But sit down and if you're going to take like two or three planes out, sit down and just go over all the switches just to make sure you know where they're at. Because, you know, you forget that this switch does something. Yeah, that's true. My DX18 has a lot of switches. Uh, luckily, uh, I have. 18 of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a few of them anyway. Uh, luckily I have them all voice activated so that I know, but yeah, I actually, when I switch models, I have to start on one end and I just go through, you know, A, B, C, D, E and see what the voice tells me. Right. And I know, Oh, okay. Well, that, that voice thing is a, is a godsend. It's, it's definitely, that's a, a bit of technology that I've really, really liked. Oh yeah. I, I don't know today what I would do without it. I mean, yeah. I do understand that way back in the DX six days when I had my first radio, it just had number one through 10. I actually had to look at the radio and see what switch did what. Now with the, the voice activated stuff or the, the voice, I guess it's not voice activated, but the voice that happens when you flip the switch. Right. Um, and, and especially it's the most helpful if you have mixes. You know, like, okay, yes. so you flip a switch and the flap comes up or down. You can, you know, figure that out if, if your radio didn't talk. But if you True. if it just turned on a mix... You wouldn't know that the mix was on or what the mix did. Right. <laughs> so, Wait, what does this do again? When, yeah. So that's that's crucial. You know? 40 degrees nose down. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to figure that out while you're flying. <laughs> oh, that's why I did that. You know? Yeah. You think it's high rates and it's something mm-hmm. different. Yeah, exactly. Uh, your flaps come off. <laughs> they fly off. <laughs> Poof. Yeah, because you lowered the flaps. Yeah. Pat- don't, don't want that to happen at all. Yeah. Well, it's it's very convenient, and you know, adding your own voice, you can do that. So that's that's pretty good. You just say, "Hey, dummy," you know, this yeah. is your uh, this is your mix. That's pretty cool. It's been a really big advance in technology, I think, for that uh, you know that voice stuff. So it's it's worked really well for me. Mm-hmm. Any other uh, things that you've done out there with your club members? Uh, you know, hints of wisdom that you've had to give those guys when they've come out at the beginning of the year, or or anything for them. When they come out, they show up and, you know, they have uh, something on backwards or <laughs> like the props on backwards. Or, I, I haven't had any of that stuff. Actually, believe it or not, the prop that was on backwards was actually me. Uh, <laughs> and it was an accident because I had broke a prop. I reached down in my bag. I pulled out a prop and I looked at it, just the number. I just looked at the number. It was an 8-6 prop. And I threw it on the airplane, and I flew around, and I thought, gosh, this airplane is just flying. What a dog. <laughs> it, it was just flying terrible, and I couldn't figure out why. And uh, when I came down and touched down, I was was taxiing in. Uh, Jim mm-hmm. uh, looked down at there and started laughing. He goes, hey, uh, is that prop running counter-rotating? And I go, no. He goes, we got a counter-rotating you know, prop on there. And I go, what? 
what had happened was is that when they had had a sale on eight six props and they were like a dollar or two dollars for two props and i was like wow this is great so i bought them i did not realize they were multi-rotor cotton uh. multi-rotors <laughs> and as a result i had one going one way and one going the other because they were supposed to be on a quadcopter not necessarily an airplane so the first one that i was put great. on was correct the second one that came out of my bag after I broke it not so was not so much. It was spinning the other direction. I couldn't figure out why my airplane was not performing, and uh, Jim pointed it out. So I appreciate that. You know, kudos to Jim for noticing <laughs> as it taxied in that it was spinning, it was spinning the right way, but it, the prop angle was wrong. You know, so, so that brings up an, a, another thing I was just thinking about. You know, that story just gave me a good chuckle. Okay, so we're out at the field. Got your buddy or somebody's out there, and they take off. And instead of the, the, the model taking off and going, this guy goes, <laughs> okay. So if that was to happen, Mike, <laughs> that's some weird, weird sounds. Yeah. Dude. It's a little, it's a little off. I don't know. A little high frequency there. But so if you were to hear that, what would you do? At that point, I think it immediately returned to the field. Okay. I happen to notice that a few of my friends, I've flown with will continue flying and I'll go, Hey, as I'm holding my ears, right? I don't think that sounds right. <laughs> Maybe you should land. And they go, nah, it's okay. <laughs> no, you got to yell. Yeah. Out yelling out over the noise. Yeah. So, and they'll continue flying. They may or may not have a mishap because of it. It's just something I just noticed with some people. They just, well, it's just a loud noise. It, you know, I didn't see that mystery thing like your story fall off the plane, so I'll right. just continue flying. Right. Or they'll start doing acrobatics right at, right at that time. <laughs> hey, let's see if a roll in a no, loop will I'm, make that I, noise I go away. I am dead serious. They will start doing acrobatics and right. start doing things while this thing is making a horrendous noise. And I'm like, I, that doesn't that doesn't sound right. Or you know, a loud click or a loud you know crack or sure. stick stick sound effect in here. Something will happen, and they'll continue flying and just amazes me sometimes that they would they'll keep doing that or they don't recognize that there could be potentially a problem. So it, is it usually because there's something that they once again didn't check or something's loose or the prop? Um, Cause yes. if the prop's not balanced, it'll make noise, right. that, but that's, that's not what you're talking about. No, no. I'm talking I'm, about an actual mechanical, they'll, they'll have a mechanical failure, you know, um, or, or they may have a, a miss, they may be a terribly misbalanced prop. But my point is, we're not sure what the problem, just like your mystery item falling off the plane. We don't, we, we weren't sure that we didn't see a guy holding onto it as he fell off the, off your plane. We don't know what that item was that fell off, but we know something, the plane's not flying right or something could be a potentially be wrong. Some people will just ignore it. Uh, and well, you know, I, I think going back to the, uh, the first part of this podcast, we talked about the sea fury and that what, that was what was wrong with it was there were three, uh, screws the motor mount screws right. were, were not were not holding and it was making a very loud noise like that when i took off and right but but the thing was we talked mm. about it we we noticed that we noticed the problem we we discussed the problem you right. you you immediately went the plane's handling fine right they're you know it's not pulling all of a sudden off to the right or it's doing something screwy or i have to jump on and give you a lot of trim or something no, then, I mean, we did, we did get airborne and we got up to pattern altitude because right. that's one of the things. If I have a problem, I do want to get up where I can recover. I don't want to fly a foot above the ground. Right. So I did get up to recover. And start doing rolling circles. I didn't do, <laughs> I didn't do rolling circles. But I did turn downwind. Right. I tried to lower the gear. It had to go through its whole cycle thing. Uh, it came out. I was on a downwind. And at that point, I think the motor right. finally. Well, you were loose. you were coming back to land. You were. You I were was. Coming back, yeah, we were coming, were coming back, back, back to the, the field to land. So you recognize that there was there could be potentially be a problem. Once again, we didn't know what the problem was. Not at but, the time. No. But you know, we we took action, and um, I just think that sometimes beginners or some you know people just don't realize that when something doesn't sound right or it doesn't act the same as it did before, it could be a catastrophic accident waiting to happen. That's true, and I, I think that probably comes, A, from flying more than just once a month or so. I mean, the more you fly, the more you'll become familiar with your airplane, the noises right. that it makes, the you know the type of flying that it does. It also lends itself to if there's four or five or six of us there and something goes wrong, if someone says, hey, that doesn't sound right, unless I know for a fact that it's just a 
yeah, it's an unbalanced prop. There's nothing mechanically wrong with my airplane because it sounds like that ever since I built it. You know, I just right. never balance the prop. Nothing is mechanically wrong. The plane gets shaking the bits. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm familiar with my own airplane. You know, then maybe I should come around and take a look or whatever, or put a new prop or whatever the case may be. But I, I, I think that's why. You know, it's good to fly in a group or, you know, at least with another person so that if they do see something or they hear something, they can kind of point it out. Well, and and along back to your – I keep going back to your Seafarer story. Uh, uh, when something falls off the plane, at least you might not have noticed it, but the other person can notice it and say, hey, it landed in the grass over here. Or they can see oh, that, where the – you yeah, know, you got to watch – On my I mean, pizza's 12. Oh, excuse me. That's right. Um, they get to see where the, the part landed. You you keep your eyes on the plane. Yeah. Don't flying. watch the part go down I, to the ground. I've had that. I've, I've had <laughs> hey, that I'm happen. watching the part. I want to pick I've it up. And they all a couple of guys out down. there. They're like, hey, that's, see that thing falling off my plane? I go, yeah, I, I, I'm marking it. And they're going, yeah, I'm, I'm watching it too. And I'm like, well, who's watching the plane? Right. You know? It's flying uh, by itself. Exactly. So. I have it on autopilot. <laughs> I have an autopilot switch. Yeah. If you hear something mechanically wrong, See something, feel something in the sticks. And I, I know that you're not flying the airplane physically. You're actually doing it via radio control. But you can feel in the stick, whether it's a tail heavy, nose heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's, you know, if I'm flying and I have full, you know, left stick, left aileron, and the airplane's just barely staying level, there is a problem. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to continue to fly like that. And I know the landing ex- is going to be exciting. You know, you can feel that in the stick, I'm, I'm having to hold it all the way to the right. And, and it's just not giving me, I mean, I, I literally can't roll to the right anymore because I'm at full stick. So, right. and, and not even to mention if they add in the added bonus of wind. Right. right. So now you can't make a right turn, you know, but you can make a hell of a left turn. <laughs> yeah, just ease off the stick and it comes back around. But you are correct because if I find a problem... Uh, I'm coming back in to land uh, immediately, right away. Right. I will tell you just from experience that the times that I decided, is that me? Is it something wrong with the plane? Let me go around again or two and see if it levels itself out. Usually wound up being some sort of a, as you call it, incident with quotes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I usually had to do some sort of repair on that by the time I get it back on the ground. But wow. Since then, I've learned that if there is something wrong, I'll bring it right back. Uh, sometimes it's just devastating. The Sea Fury was one of those. It was on a downwind. The motor departed, pretty much pulled the ESC out of the receiver, and I had no servos to control yeah, well, it. Well, you had you had no power. Yeah, no period. power at all. So that was a falling sack of flour. <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. You know, it's good to experience that in some in some ways because you know, once again, it makes me more aware to check my items before right. you know when i go and out. Once when, again, I, when folks, I do pull no. it out of the of the of the cobwebs you know dust right. it off because i do have more than just one airplane uh and i don't get to fly everything all the time so some of my airplanes will sit for several months uh, when i dust it off i want to go from nose to tail and do that big heavy pre-flight right. that, and, uh, and it's still get you know we're just little boys at heart and sometimes yeah, sure. you just want to grab it grab your you know grab your buddy grab some batteries and just go out there and, you know ring ring this thing out oh yeah and you really shouldn't you should just take you know Take a couple of minutes to just go over it. Well, and I'll tell you that, you know, I, I have a truck and mm-hmm. most of my stuff gets thrown in the back and I haul it over to the, you know, to the park. And I do live off of a dirt road and I think you do too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you go down the truck, it's bouncing around and whatever was loose is now even more loose because uh, you know, <laughs> Murphy's back there. You just put the screwdriver. We is going to be a good And a fly. hammer just going, wait till this guy gets this in the air, right? It's one of those important factors and i i think in this episode with the spring cleaning we're getting ready to go fly in the yep. in the springtime we get all of our models out and make them nice uh you know and shiny and wipe all the dust off of them do all that kind of stuff uh it's important to do those pre-flights uh, yes absolutely be consistent and just make yourself a checklist uh, you know have some fun and you know, you'll you'll thank yourself for it later yeah and i think if you get the right tools you know i mean it's always uh, good to put driver in your bag and maybe a wrench or two bobby knife that kind of thing so if you're not taking those and you're going out to the uh, to the field for the first time since summer or you're you know you're just getting some of these airplanes out and, and knocking the dust off take, take the tools that you would need to go out there and check it once you get it out right. of the field because checking it here uh before i go out once again like i said I, back of the truck's going to rattle it all up and you know loosen it up as well so uh, it gives us an opportunity to get out there and just take that extra five minutes and go over it 
Yeah. It's amazing how big your tool bag gets. <laughs> my tool bag is actually really big. I, I get more and more tools every time I go out. Yeah. I, take I, something out there. I can tell, you know what the funny part is I'll take my wife's car mm-hmm. and that's when I always have my problems. <laughs> <laughs> Cause your tool bag's not in there. I don't have a thing. I don't have a nail file. I'm just, <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah. I, my, uh, that little canvas bag that I carry my, um, yeah. my batteries in, it has pockets on the outside and each pocket has something in it that, uh, you know, has a, I have a screwdriver that has like 10 different tips. I have, you know, a different type of you know pliers and wire strippers or whatever that can kind of go with me. So Jay, have you, uh, had any luck with any of the fields down in Texas? Well, Mike, it's, um, as beautiful as Texas is, I'm, I'm a little depressed. <laughs> Why is that? Um, I guess I was a little spoiled in Alaska. And what I mean by spoiled was, or is, my flying fields were 10 minutes away. Oh, yeah. Right. So I could drive. Kind of like I have here. Yeah, a little bit. I could drive 10 minutes and I could be on the Air Force Base where I flew. And they had a beautiful runway out there. True. Uh, And I got to see F-22s fly. And I could fly my plane and bears and eagles and all that kind of stuff. And that was beautiful. Even some of my uh, little park flying fields that that I used. They're about 10 minutes away at various schools or, or, or lots or whatever. Sure. But all in all, I could get to all those places within 20 minutes. You know, even if the traffic was bad. In Texas, there are some nice fields and there's, there's a lot of clubs and there's a lot of fields and there's a lot of places to fly. But on the average, they're all about an hour away. They're about 40 minutes, 40 minutes to an hour, depending on traffic. Well, everything's bigger in Texas. You knew you were going to have to drive, right? <laughs> well, yeah, I guess it's all relative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm just a, I'm just a. Not that that's bad. I'm not complaining. I'm sure some of our listeners could go, you know, tell us horror stories or what they have to go through to get to their flying fields. But you know, I'm trying to find some other places that are closer. So there used to be a field that's down the road from where where I'm at, and it's at uh, Canyon Lake. And the only problem is, of course, they closed that field down just before I got there. Naturally. Yeah. So I'm I'm going to be working on hopefully trying to get that field reopened. Well, good. Well, let us know how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, keep so, us updated on. Yeah, it. I, I most certainly will. And basically, it was it was a you know uh, it was a f- open field for anybody could fly there. But I think they were having problems with uh, people were flying glow. Oh, uh, making noise? Making noise. Yeah. I'm thinking maybe going back and proposing going electric only. There you go. So we'll see what they have to say to that. All right. Well, keep us informed and let us know. Yeah. Hey, before we go, we uh, have Jason from our uh, website. He uh, sent us a comment on our battery episode, actually. And wanted oh, to really? Know, yeah. He wanted to know what type of uh, fire extinguisher to use on a LiPo fire. I thought we'd take a couple of minutes to discuss a little fire extinguishers. Sure. Give a shout out to Jason and thanks. Thank him for the comments and, uh, you know, let our listeners know that we'll answer any questions that they have. But for, uh, for Jason, I think the uh, best fire extinguisher is probably one that either has a halon or, or CO2, uh, in it. And you can usually buy those just at Walmart or, or the, your local store. Um, you know, it's kind of the one that they see in the kitchen. You don't want water. No, <laughs> but, you, but you want some sort no, of a, no, water, a CO2 or type of hate. Right. You definitely want a dry, you want to have a dry extinguisher as opposed to a wet one. Right. And the CO2 will actually cover it. Uh, the halon actually will as, as well, but it the halon works by sucking the oxygen out of the area. Right. So if you're in a confined space like your house, maybe a halon would be good. You don't want to be around or breathe any of that stuff because it'll suck the yeah, oxygen. Well, we're assuming that you're outside. But if you're outside, a CO2 is, is one. And I think they sell, you know, most of those fire extinguishers, the CO2 types for $25 or something. Right. You, you can know. get a little small one about, uh, yeah, a little, know, I'm, I'm sitting here measuring with my hands, folks, like you can see this. <laughs> They're about this big. <laughs> it's, <laughs> so just, it, it's, yeah. It's kind of like your fishing stories. This, this big. big. Yeah. No, they're, they're, I had, I had one of those extinguishers, I think in my camper, like you said, it was inexpensive and they're relatively small, perfect for, you know, like a light bulb fire or in an aircraft or, or whatever. It's not that hard to carry around in your car or even throw into your flight bag. I, I want to say it weighed, I don't know, half a pound or less. Yeah, that sounds about right. So, 
Well, Jason, we appreciate your uh, comment. Yeah, Hopefully that comment. Uh, helps. And uh, for those of you that are um, listening, go on to iTunes and give us a, a star rating and review or go on our website and give us a comment. Uh, we appreciate all of those and any questions that you might have, that'll help us. We're going to try and dedicate a, a part of our podcast at the end for any questions that, that Ooh, come I just across. thought of something though, to tell Jason. What's that? I, I don't know if he said he was flying with a group or just by himself. But uh, if he's flying with the group, you know, it may be the, uh, you know, somebody might feel like they're always stuck carrying the fire extinguisher around. And that's just one of those things. If you get a nice small one that you have a flight box, you know, for like your group, every, they meet every Tuesday. That's true. And everybody who's the next guy who's going to be at the field, you know, you rotate it around and that person carries the safety box and the safety box might, you know, have cones, the fire extinguisher things up that you outline out what area you're flying in and maybe a first aid kit thrown in there as well, just in case, you know, at, from our safety episode where I <laughs> lost part true. of my finger, I, I did not have a safety <laughs> kit with me. You know, it could just be a little box or something that you carry that uh, one person gets and, and everybody carries and, you know, every other week and that way you spread, you spread the love and not one person's responsible for it. True. I could just throw it in the backseat of my truck. Or you could throw it in the backseat of the truck. But definitely a box. Where right. I park isn't that very isn't far. I could run over there and back, I guess. I don't know. I've seen you run. So <laughs> I, I, I might want to call 911 first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> faster. Actually, what I should do is probably just chain it to the bench that we used to have to. That, that way it's there all the time. That would be pretty neat if the city or, would or just, let you... The yeah. city would let you do that. You should ask, you should approach them and ask the you guys you just could put have a fire extinguisher right here in a box. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, it's a good idea. And they drive on the field all the time, so maybe I'll uh, ask them next time they come through. Just say, hey, can we put a fire extinguisher right here, just in case? They can only say no. That's true. Maybe all that's right. a good question. I'll uh, I'll go out there and ask. So. Well, anyway, Jason, thank you very much for uh, for putting posing that question to yeah, us. Yeah, we appreciate. We, it. We hope we hope more of our listeners write in and we can answer some of their questions. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Well, Jay, I appreciate uh, you being on the podcast tonight. We uh, talk a little bit about spring cleaning Mm -hmm. and uh, hopefully you'll uh, find a good place down there in Texas and let us know and uh, let us know how it works out with the opening or at least, you know, the, what'd you call it? Groom Lake. Groom Lake? No, Canyon. <laughs> oh, Canyon Lake. Canyon oh, Lake. Groom Lake Gro is Area 51. Yeah, I, was there, say, okay. I can't talk about Groom Lake. How do you know about that? Uh, <laughs> the aliens told me. I think me. you need to come with me. <laughs> the aliens told me about Groom Lake. <laughs> um, but anyway, thanks a lot for uh, joining us tonight here at the Park Fire Podcast. Once again, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can you can contact us at parkfirepodcast at gmail.com. And if you... Uh, are on iTunes or Stitcher Radio or any of the other uh, podcast sites. Uh, make sure you give us a star rating and review. Please. Appreciate you listening, and I uh, hope you have a great night. Same to you, Mike. All right. Well, we'll talk to you next time. All right. See you in a couple weeks. Okay. You have been listening to the Park Flyer Podcast. Thanks for joining us, and we look forward to your next visit. Please feel free to email your questions, topics, or suggestions to parkflyerpodcast at gmail.com. 